Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis. Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey there, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Okay, so our guest today is Dorian Lamb, and he is known as the true defender of the deal, which I absolutely love. I cannot wait till we're talking about it. He is the principal and executive vice president of Cornerstone Land Abstract, a boutique title insurance company in the heart of New York City. And I just found out he's actually in Times Square, and that is totally the heart of New York City. No question about it. Um and uh, he's the creator of the Cornerstone Report, which I'm going to ask you just a little bit about the ultimate, which is the ultimate title risk assessment resource, which identifies potential uh, property risks that could lead to prevention or costly delay of closings that I, I just want to ch chat with you about that. Um, he is the founder of Real Estate Warriors, a networking coalition uh, for individuals who believe in mindfulness and sweat equity. And he's also an active real estate investor. And by the way, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about some of your, your bio here, but welcome to the show. We're happy to have you here. Yeah. Thank you, Jen, for that um, great intro. And I'm, I'm looking forward to being part of this. Yeah. Okay. So let's just dig in. I mean, you are a, you know, as you say, it's, although I have to... <laughs> I don't know if I agree with this totally. A boutique title insurance company in New York City who's who has been involved with over $10 billion worth of deals. And I'm thinking, how is that boutique? But I know that you do both residential and commercial. So, so tell us a little bit ab about the actual practice, how long you've been in practice and what, what is that percentage of what you do? Because that will kind of guide where we want to go with some of these questions. Yeah. Uh, so Cornerstone Land Abstract just celebrated its 15th year last month. We celebrated that with a rebrand of the company itself. So if oh, anybody okay. wants to yeah. go to our website now, um, they can see what the rebrand looks like. We handle both residential and commercial real estate transactions. So what that means is, you know, we're on the other side of a closing table when it comes to you know, a refinance of you know five hundred thousand dollars to an office acquisition. Although the office asset class is going through what it's going through now in general, but yeah, we are can close commercial assets to in excess of a hundred million dollars. So you have a wide spectrum there. But yeah, you know, I noticed you you said how does a boutique 
company do a $10 million <laughs> in transaction. Um, you know, look, when, when you're in New York and, and you're at this for 15 years, um, and we are about at 16,000 closings, you can imagine how those numbers accumulate quickly. But we yeah. truly are boutique from the perspective of just even our size. We have mm -hmm. a staff of 25, five of which are attorneys. And um, we really can handle any situation that comes uh, to us um, because we have five attorneys and also, you know, going through as many transactions as we've had, uh, there aren't many varieties uh, that differ much from, you know, what you see generally every day. So yeah. we, we consider ourselves boutique because we can really um, problem solve. And that to us is the most important thing a title company can bring, which is solving problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you're not a part of a chain. I mean, obviously you have your underwriting, uh, you know, whoever your underwriting is through, but, but you, you know, part of that particular chain of, so yeah, I love, I love that you said that. So I want to um, ask you then, you know, as a business owner, because the people that are listening to this obviously are mortgage loan officers, real estate investors, real estate agents, um, owners, owners of other companies that may have the duality of, Hey, we do residential, we do commercial, um, being in both of those markets myself, the language is different. The needs are different. The process is different. One, one is very automated. The other is not so automated yet, <laughs> right? It's getting there. So tell right. us a little bit about what the challenges have been, uh, in marketing, what you do and maybe just how you, how you market, maybe you have a different, you know, division of your company. Yeah. So it, it's a timely question because I, I did mention, we are going through and have launched the rebrand. So admittedly our first 14 years plus were very typical of the real estate industry, which is look at these big buildings we're closing or look at these beautiful houses or look at how many of these beautiful houses we're closing. And a lot of the imagery was really now in hindsight, I can say cold from the perspective of just, just buildings. It's your typical drone footage flying over a city, all yeah. great cool stuff, all that work. So I'm not discounting that in any way. The reason why I mentioned that is because, and it does affect how we market and it does speak to how we're marketing that we are at a time and place in our evolution as a company and as business owners where real estate to this day is still a human people driven process. How many times have we've heard that the mm -hmm. key, one of the keys to success in real estate is that it's based on relationships and you have to yeah. build real relationships with people. So we are leaning into that from the perspective that if you go to the website now, you see a lot of happy people because when, you know, Jen, you've been through this, when you're at a real estate closing, it's very nerve wracking. Um, but there's this sense of accomplishment and the sense of, you know, we did it uh, in the case of a home purchase or a commercial building purchase, but even more so on a residential purchase, you have right. people putting pretty much their life savings towards their dream purchase. And it leads to happy moments in, in, in people's lives. So we're, we're leading into that. And the imagery is based off of us as a title company, being there as an advisor, being there uh, in a consultative fashion, there at the closing, talking you through the problems, and not just as a service provider that says, here's a piece of paper that you're getting Fine. at the end of the closing to add to your pile of paperwork that you may never look at again because you're too busy actually moving into the house or living into the house or getting used to your neighborhood. So it's very 
uh, people-centric, um, which is the type of firm that we are. Um, because even at the level of who we work with, uh, attorneys, developers, owners, operators, all of those are individual relationships as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we realize that it doesn't just stay within that circle. It can extend to the everyday consumer, which is why we've launched a, a direct-to-consumer approach and campaign where we're letting the mainstream consumer know that we are their advisor through the process and not just the service provider. I don't know if that answers quite your question with regards yeah, to the no, it does. Of it. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it's a global approach. You know, the umbrella is, um, you know, it's client centric, no matter who the client is. So it doesn't matter what kind of uh, deal you they're bringing to you. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're taking care of them from a human perspective and making sure that they they feel, you know, that, that the client experience is unique and different from anything that the, they've ever experienced before. And I and I think that's very important. You know, closing for me is the is the moment of sale. I mean, everyone thinks, you know, I got I got a lead, I got, I got yes, then you know, it close it, it's not closed, but the contract was ratified and oh, and the loan's approved. And now, you know, well, I won't show up at the closing. And that's just amazing to me because that's the point of sale. And I think that's the, you know, the first, yeah. the last yeah, impression. Agreed. agreed. Yeah. There's a yeah. long way to go, even just from the point of contract, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's oh, telling yeah. the truth is the beginning of the closing process, which in itself, it's its own process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. It's, that's interesting that you just said that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it clicked with me right now is it's beginning of it's the, going under contract is the beginning of the closing process is so many of us don't think of that. We think it's a process and then we close, but it's actually the beginning of the closing process. And I think if we had a mindset set shift on that, we would probably approach all this quite differently. So I love that you said that. Um, I want to talk to you about this, um, the cornerstone report, you know, the ultimate risk assessment resource, which identifies potential property risk that could lead to prevention. So of course, I'm thinking of this going, well, wait a minute, you're doing a title search. You're already doing a title search. Isn't that taking care of the risk assessment, you know, and identifying potential property issues, identifying delays in closing. So what makes this unique and different over just a regular title commitment? Yeah, and, and you're right. A title search will reveal all that. Mm -hmm. But the Cornerstone Report was really born not so much from identifying that lean, that encumbrance, that factor that may alter how you either underwrite a deal from the commercial perspective or think about a deal from the residential perspective. It really speaks more to the timing of it. So oftentimes, especially here in New York, you don't actually run a title report until a contract is signed. Right. And the prevailing thinking behind that is why run a title report if I'm not in a deal, it can be wasted money or it can be money I don't need to spend. We at Cornerstone believe in value add. So whether it's a commercial or residential client, we suggest that they run the report earlier. So I'll give you the two examples that led to this being really born. Um, aside from actually being at the closing table and actually hearing deals fall apart from things that are revealed from a title report, our internal staff would scratch our heads and say, how on a commercial deal are some of these things just being discovered <laughs> yeah. sometimes months into the process, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, especially after a contract is signed. 
so we realized after a couple of instances of this happening and then having conversations with with those who are in closings regularly from the, the developer perspective that this does come up. So we yeah. offered to run these reports earlier. Now it's not a full title report. It's what we call a pre-title report, mm -hmm. which is a first pass at the major components that we have seen identified or that we have identified and seen that can impact your thought process. So famously, we had a $10 million building here that had a million dollar water bill, right? That's 10% of the of the sales price. And you know, a million dollar water bill is nothing to blink at in general, even with New York real estate. And the fact that this is being discovered after you signed the contract, after you did your due diligence, after you did mm -hmm. whatever it was yeah. in your underwriting, where you, you know, kind of made this deal made sense, that was alarming to us. So we offered, we decided we have the data, we do have a core competency, or we did have a core value of, you know, being technology data driven. So what that meant is we we acquired all the data here in New York, and we can essentially put together our own reports as needed. So this is one of the reports we created. Yeah. Now, on the residential side too, I, I, I promise I'd give you two examples. Um, you can identify whether or not there are shared easements that you're unaware of. Mm -hmm. um, there are shared driveways where um, who does own the driveway? Is it mine? Can I just take it? I don't really want to share it anymore. These are the type of things that we can offer up front when you're looking at the property, as opposed to you discovering that when you've gone through all the bank approvals, you know, lining up your loan, getting the attorneys involved, signing a contract, and then poof comes a title report that says, hey, you know, the, the shed is really outside the boundary of your survey. It's not really included. Or the description as detailed in deeds throughout history is that there's actually 13 feet of, you know, footage that you don't, you're not going to really own because it's not described in your deed. So you got to figure those things out. Um, again, sometimes people will walk away from a deal after spending all that time and you know, one of the things, one of our old taglines was what good is a deal if it doesn't close? So we're doing our part as a title company to contribute earlier on. So it yeah. really is more about the timing of it more than, than the fact that it would be revealed at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so from your perspective, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, think how this actually semantically works. I know some, I'm going to share something similar that I've seen a real estate agent do not related to title, but something similar. Um, but I just want to see how the semantics work on this. So, or the logistics on this. So then your team, your salespeople are going out to listings and saying, Hey, let us run this. And because we're doing, and this really doesn't sound like a preliminary title report in the context of what we all know is a prelim, prelim, but um, it's even a pre-prelim <laughs> report. And uh, so your team is going out and saying, hey, you know, you just had this listing, whether it's commercial or residential, we would love to uh, run this you know, pre-preliminary uh, report so that you don't run into any problems, you know, from your seller perspective uh, moving forward. Because as a buyer- right. Right. Am I correct on that? Okay. Because I was saying as a buyer, it's kind of hard to say, oh, you know, unless the realtor has a relationship with you that says, hey, you know, I want you to use my title person company. So before we make an offer on this, let me just have them run this real quick and see if this is something But I, you know, I can imagine that there's a big cost, uh, front loaded cost perspective in this for you all 
because if they don't use you, um, that's problem, you know, obviously, but I think it's a, a necessary evil in trying to get business, you know, ahead of time and prevent some of the problems. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, on the, on the front of approaching the listing. Yes. Uh, so whether it's a realtor or an investment sales broker for commercial, yeah. we mm -hmm. are approaching them and saying you should run this because it only makes you look smarter mm -hmm. um, or more prepared, right? Than yes. anyone else who's not telling you something you don't know about your property. So if you can show up to your client and say, hey, by the way, you know, you you, you have two mechanics liens, maybe a list pendants, so are you even aware of this, right? Because it's going to impede the speed at which you'd be able to sell your property. You have to address it at some point yeah. or another anyway. Or think about if you were to walk into a developer's office and say, great, you're looking at this land, but you know, there's a restriction on a deed that says you can only really build community facility or religious facility. You're developing a condo. That's going to be an issue, right? So it makes you more prepared. Mm -hmm. yeah. This method though is not ubiquitous enough where it's just one side or that because it's always done, that it's readily available. So we can do it for the buyer side as well. We do have buyer side reps say, hey, let's just do a first pass at this. Let's just see what, 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 what comes up from the perspective of violations. Yeah. Maybe the previous owner just poorly managed their property that there's, there's a bunch of violations that you'd be taking on or that need to be solved before you can close. So it can happen on both the seller and buyer's side. Yeah. With regards to your question on, Yes, there is an upfront cost for mm -hmm. us. So there is yeah. some level of risk that we're taking mm -hmm. because we are not guaranteed um, the transaction. But here's how we look at it. So I did mention we accumulated and purchased all the data. Right. So we do and are able to you know, create these reports at a much lower cost lower than anybody cost. else yeah. would. Right. But at the end of the day, the real reason, though, is, you know, I told you a little bit about the makeup of our staff where we have five attorneys. Us running these reports, whether or not we win the deal or not, makes us smarter with regards to the type of impediments that can appear um, in the way of a closing. So even if we don't get and win the transaction, it's just another reference point for our team to go through and say, hey, look what just came up in this report. How would we solve this? Yeah. So yeah. it makes us better at what we do. It's kind of our version of a rep. We often hear yeah. when you're at a gym or when you're um, when you're forming new habits, it's about the, the reps that the are repetition. involved. Repetition. Rep, yeah. rep, rep. So yeah. this is our version of a rep, whether or not we win the deal. Yeah. And if it were ever to come up, you'd be able to solve it faster than any other company, you know, because you've already got, you know, knowledge of it or, you know, an SOP for it, right? A standard operating procedure for something that, that came up. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I've seen so often is uh, tax liens, federal tax liens that the sellers have. Um, that seems to be a big issue, yes. you know, at least in Virginia it was when I, you know, was originating. Wow. Just federal tax liens that come up. And I mean, astronomical amounts and, you know, can't close the deal. And it's, um, it's amazing. And I hate to say it, but a lot of them are with uh, congressmen and senators because we did most of their financing. And so we had a lot of their sales too. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Not to go in that direction, but pretty spot amazing. On, by That's the way. Why yeah. Spot on, not to cut you off. That's that, that hasn't changed the, the yeah. federal tax lien that, um, that you'd crazy? be surprised on who actually has a federal tax lien. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cause we can't get away with it. Right. We can't get away with it. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I wanted to share with you and share with, uh, the, our listener here, you know, that, um, you know, this, I saw a real estate agent do this with uh, home inspections is why do we wait for the, the property to go under contract and then get a home inspector rather than having a home inspection done in advance so that the seller could work on all the little things, you know, that need to be done. Um, and then we moved that and it was a suggestion I had once. And then we moved that into an annual inspection so that your house was always primed, just like you do your teeth and your car and your HVAC do an annual home right. inspection or a semi-annual home inspection to ensure that things aren't falling apart. So that when the time comes, you don't have to incur the cost all at one time. So that helps the annual inspector, um, you know, the, or the home inspector get some annual income, which I thought was really cool. So I love those preventative measures. You know, I think any of our processes are fire prevention processes. That's really what they are. We're trying to prevent fires and everything that we're doing. So I absolutely love that. Um, okay, so I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, you know, what do you think title companies could be doing better to support loan officers and real estate agents other than open houses, sponsoring an event, <laughs> right? doing the same old things? What are some yeah. things that they could be doing a better job to have, a, a, you know, a stronger quality of relationship so it's not uh, based on fees? that it so often is driven by. Yeah, you know, look, I, I feel where our industry does not do a good job of is explaining to the real estate professionals that are also involved in a real estate transaction, how to best use title insurance as an asset and not as a reactionary component of it being required by the lender or it being required to be, you know, to close a transaction. It's one thing to be in the party, i.e. sponsoring events or, you know, sponsoring right. Um, right. Uh, collaborative type of scenarios where, where we both network together, but you have to get in the weeds as well, right? Like explain to the mortgage originator or loan originator, the role that title insurance can play in their actual practically in their own world. I mean, why would you want to spend time on something that, you know, potentially could take months to close because there's so much involved in it um, that uh, in order to get to a path of closing, you know, you're talking, let's say six, eight months, whereas, you know, it's good to know that upfront rather than later. As, as a realtor, you want to know, and it, and it gives you an idea of how responsible the owner is. Are they real? Are they real about selling their property, right? Or am I going to get involved with with a scenario in which, you know, the seller wants to dip their toe in the water just to feel the market out, right? It gives you a sense of um, if you're really serious, then you know, as you mentioned, Jen, do, do the home inspection now, run the title report now. It, it, their expenses, yes, you know, but at the same time, it, it it means that you have skin in the game with regards to whether or not you want to move forward, how motivated the individual is. I feel like that's a challenge, both from a loan originator and a realtor standpoint, where one of the biggest questions that we all have to ask is, how motivated is this client? How Are they really looking to um, close something here or are they just feeling a scenario out? Yeah. So yeah. what can we do a better of is explaining how title plays number one in the actual real estate transaction and talk about the pitfalls why it can't hold up a closing 
But more importantly, how can you use it? Have a title rep on your side that can at least fill in that piece of your knowledge gap with regards to, hey, look, if this is that either crystal clear, we have nothing to worry about, which puts you at ease, or there's a bunch of things here that you need to get through before you know you can reasonably uh, identify a clear path to close. Yeah, and I've used that with my with my title, you know, representatives in the past is, uh, you know, because I don't have a title insurance. Uh, license. And I think loan officers have to understand that is that it's not for us to sell against or for uh, what type of title insurance someone uses, who the title company is they use. We can recommend based on our experiences with the, the knowledge base and how the service looks like, um, you know, the client experience, how they've solved problems post-closing, how they interact post-closing, because those are things that I look for. Um but we are sure. not we are not licensed to I say we I'm not even in the business anymore, but we we are not licensed to sell title insurance. So uh, we can't step over that line. It's just, it's the same as, you know, telling a real estate agent, a loan officer telling a real estate agent, do not step over the line and start selling mortgages. That's I'm licensed to do that. You're not. Um, so it's the same type of thing, you right. know, I think where we can lean on. And so I always say, look, there's owner's policy and there's, you know, a non-owner's policy. Um, and if you don't want to get the owner's policy, I just encourage you to have a conversation with my title representative and let them talk to you about what the pitfalls are rather than us walking into that. But yeah, so I thank you for that. And I, I think it just has to be more of a, um, the title rep needs to represent themselves in a manner that's more uh, at a higher level, a higher emotional intelligence, rather than here are some cookies, bring business to us. Here's some things, yeah. bring business. Here's a flyer, bring things to us. I think that that um, it's just falling short, you know, in that arena. And I and I see that on the on the commercial side as well because you know I do a lot of commercial business as well. So um, I just I tend to see it not as much, but same thing, you know. Um, okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, what are you seeing in today, you know, in today's market that homeowners invest and investors should be aware of? Is there anything that's sort of coming up to, I don't want to say cream of the cup, like bubbling up. Is there something that's bubbling up that's happened as a result of the pandemic? You know, we had a lot of forbearance. Um, we've had a lot of people that aren't making their payments, but they're making the payments on their thousand dollar a month car. Uh, <laughs> Right. What is it uh, yeah. that's sort of bubbling up now? What's the popular number one, number two thing that that we need to be aware of currently? That's that's an interesting question because there's so many different directions I can go with that. But yeah. I'll go with top of mind, right? As you know, there there yeah. are certain times where I feel like this this impending uh, recession, or I would argue we're actually in, in it already, but yeah. um, that we're, we're, we're in this period of time where things are supposed to be really bad. There are certain areas though that are not. And I'm guessing, right. you know, I guess you could say this geographically uh, across the country or uh, across North America in terms of uh, areas that are, are resistant. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, as an investor, when you asked the question, you said as an investor, there are still pockets of uh, places in New York that are outperforming what the general consensus is about real estate it, yeah. and, and its state nationally. And what I mean by that is, you know, there was a stat that was published last week that I think for the first time in, in over a decade that real estate 
values have or home values have dropped by eleven uh, percent. Um, but the fact that it's dropped has, has been over you know a, a few years and definitely clo and close to a decade. But there are pockets, so study your pockets, right? Yeah. And this particular pocket is, and it seems to be the trend here, especially in New York and its suburbs, where if if, if you're honing on good school districts because people will always pay um, for 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 good school districts. And you know, I'll, I'll give a case in point where I saw a report of an of an area here in Long Island in New York, where for the first quarter, the average days on market was 10 days. And every single one of those transactions went above ask. Yeah. The reason why I bring this up is because I was reading the report, and I'm thinking, I just read all this very negative news about real estate. Here I am looking at a report where stuff's not even on the market for 10 days, and it's all selling for above ask. And, and just so you know, it's, it's over 20 transactions, right? So it's not yeah. like it was three or four. Yeah. So th there's still there's still an element of if if you know the real estate, well, not if you know the real estate, if if you hone in on certain areas, there's still value to be had. Um, and these are you know generally resistant to downturns. Yeah. But you also asked the question in terms of what's what's bubbling. And when you frame it in that way, I think of it as like what's bubbling that's about to burst, right? In a in right. a in a, in a yeah. bad way. Yeah. And there, there is this, you know, and again, it could just be a dichotomy of, of what's happening across the, you know, th this continent, but there is a huge need for affordable housing yeah. and the demand for it just continues to increase. Uh, and the supply for it has not kept up pace in general, and certainly not now, because mm -hmm. there is a lot of, um, external factors, political in some cases, political and not, that are holding investors' ability to actually create affordable housing, to create more affordable housing, to mm -hmm. convert to affordable housing. So something's got to give. Mm -hmm. I don't know, again, if I'm answering your question in terms of what, what you were looking yeah. to get out of it, but what I can say is that there's going to be a real problem in affordable housing. And yeah. um, where there's generally a problem there in lines normally opportunity so uh, mm. obviously i don't have the answer to it because otherwise i'd be on the path to being at least a local billionaire but yeah. um if, if there's anything to be um uh, i guess alert on it's it's this problem of growing the growing need for affordable housing and the lack of supply being built for it yeah and you know you and i were talking in the green room about this too is that the you know the the government is not you know it, there's so many barriers to the investor, you know, I'll give you a couple examples. You know, there's a lot of investors buying land in Texas and developing an entire neighborhood of homes that they then can rent. I'm not saying they're affordable homes. I'm not saying they aren't, but they're building their own neighborhood, which is another issue <laughs> potentially down the road, right? Creating yeah. their own market. But they're building neighborhoods where they're renting out homes because they can't find places to um, to invest in. And there's like, well, if we can't, if we can't beat them, you know, instead of joining them, we're just gonna, we're gonna create our own market over here. And so they're doing that there. Um, we heard right. in on the news in California that they're putting their the homelessness because the for, the lack of affordability, homelessness are trying to put them in hotels. 
And I'm saying, well, why wouldn't you convert all of these empty commercial buildings now that everybody's hybrid working in the world? Why wouldn't you convert all these uh, commercial buildings into condominiums, you know, into some type of condominium? And like you said, the barrier to entry is so difficult right now that everything just sits there. And that's not good because then if you have to tear it down, that costs money to rebuild it, right? Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a very chaotic circle right now that I see that's happening um, as well. And affordable housing, when we talk about that, it's not necessarily um, the ADU programs, right? That affordable dwelling unit programs, as much as it is just the everyday, you know, family that just can't afford to live in a place, you know, can't afford to have right. that American dream. And um yeah, so it's kind of interesting that you're saying that. So this brings me to this this maybe one of the final questions, <laughs> maybe not. Um is your real estate warriors network. He said a networking collabor a, a coalition for individuals who believe in mindfulness and sweat equity. So tell me a little bit about this because it sounds a lot like something I'm doing as an investor. Uh, but I'm curious to see what what you're doing. I love the charitable aspect of this. Yeah, um, it, it is a community that has that was born in 2018, and, and really what it was all about was, you know, real estate is is very uh, old fashioned in the sense that a lot of the meetings and networking take place around you know drinks or you know, late night dinners or just unhealthy, uh, at least settings from, you know, my, my experience with it. And after doing it for a decade, it just, it was one of those things where I felt like I was neglecting uh, my personal health, um, and, you know, because of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, right. missing the next right. person or meeting the next person, <laughs> yeah. or perhaps yeah. the next deal. Yeah. And I and I know it's something you focus on as well with regards to work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So, in this case, the, the personal side of me um, was was being neglected. So, um, after you know some venting of sorts with others, we 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 just kind of threw out uh, very randomly. Why why don't we just do you know something healthy and network at the same time? So yeah, when we were brainstorming in that, and when I say we, I mean just other real estate professionals that felt the same way. You right. know, one night of drinks is fun, but you know, you do five nights of it, you, you're, you know, that you're obviously not the place where you <laughs> right. need to be. So, right. um, so we, we said, you know, why, why don't we do a workout and, and, and see how that goes. And, you know, we would invite um, other real estate professionals to come and network and say, we'll get a workout in and then we'll, we'll, we'll stay back. Maybe, you know, do something again, healthy, have a, a light meal, have a smoothie, have a snack or whatever it is. And, you know, the first event, we, I believe, had six or seven people there. And that year we had done it. We, we committed to doing it once a month. And, you know, we ended that year with a cycling class that had you know, almost 40 people. Oh, my and gosh. Yeah. These are all real estate developers, investors, owner operators, you know, types who actually what I had realized in hearing stories of those who actually came because everybody was like, this is such a great idea that they were thinking of that as well. And they wanted a different environment, you know, to connect. And this is before any of the science geeks kind of, or nerds, you know, started explaining to me that it was genius because you have serotonin running through your body after a workout, oh, yeah. which means that you're connecting at a level. 
that mm -hmm. is different than that of, you know, being intoxicated or, uh, you know, with alcohol, um, that you're more likely to remember interaction uh, when when you have serotonin running through your body because it's, it's the hormone of, of connecting of sorts. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to purport to know the exact <laughs> science behind right. it. But, um, it, it, yeah. you know, unfortunately, COVID came. Um, and at that point, we shifted to a, a virtual program of yeah. mental health. Yeah. So we had a breathwork teacher. We had a meditating teacher just explaining to everybody how to um, kind of regulate themselves at, a, at times where you felt anxiety with having your whole family on top of you or just feeling like the world is ending. Um, so now that we're back to sorts, uh, with, with regards to people feeling comfortable coming out, we relaunched the physical real estate warrior last August and, uh, people are, are, are coming out again to, uh, yeah. participate in our workouts together. That's and awesome. the sweat equity part of it is that this actually came out, the taglines that have come out of this have been, you know, great. And one of them was, you know, if we, we sweat together, we make money together. Yeah. Um, so, um, it's, it's one of my passions, um, health and fitness and wellness is, 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 is directly intertwined to, to my everyday process. So, yeah. um, it's something I look forward to and, and, you know, it's something that has been fun, right? It's been fun. Real estate needs to be fun. Not, not this daunting <laughs> task of, um, I know. Of, 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 of doing something. Yeah. That, that you're, you're very nervous about. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love the idea. I love that. And, you know, and especially with everybody now, you know, with business being down is, you know, what else can I be doing? Well, this is what you could be doing. You know, I've been telling yeah. my my students, yeah. you know, get ready for when the when happens. And we're on the brink of perhaps the when happening right now um, with the rates dropping back down again, and you know, on the residential side. And, um, uh, you know, we're right on the brink of that. And we, uh, you know, are we, are you ready for when the when happens? And part of this is, you know, doing these activities that create relationships. You mentioned relationships earlier, and this is how you create relationships aside from, hey, do you want to have coffee? Hey, do you want to have a cocktail? It's another way to be able to right. do that. And I, um, you know, I think that's absolutely great. My husband and I are in a uh, boat club, right? We have, our, we have our own boat, but we also belong to a boat club where we rent boats. It's like an Airbnb for boats except you don't spend the night and yeah. it's up and down, you know, it's all over the world, but um, we use it up and down, you know, the East coast and um, in San Diego and down in Florida and all that good stuff. And for us, that's the way that we can do that, you know, is bring people on a boat when I'm at an event and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I happen to have rented a boat and, you know, you're so kind to talk to me and you did this and you said, thank you for something. And why don't you all come on a boat with us and, you know, let us treat you to a little cruise in the harbor and we get to um, market, you know, to one another and not market, but network together, you know, in those kind of ways. So I love that you're thinking, um, well, as a colleague of mine just said, David Austin, forget thinking out of the box, just blow the box up. And I love that you've done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is an opportunity to get to know each other, right? At a level that most people don't. And yeah. You know, Great. real estate warriors is just an example with uh, you know yeah. you have another with 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 boats and and that experience. Yeah, you know, in real estate, especially the retail asset class, uh, it's going through uh, a forest kind of um, revisioning of how you know to go about executing real retail type concepts. And we hear a lot about the word experiential. Yeah, um, the same yeah. applies to how we connect with people. 
right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You want it to be experiential uh, yeah. because it will it will it will it will make a bigger impact um, and and you know be forged in a memory a, a little bit different than you know what's commonly done already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. I love that. Experiential relationships. That's really what it is. It's not just yeah. business relationships. Yeah. It's experiential relationships. I think we just coined a new phrase. Uh, <laughs> I think that's awesome. That's Except good. someone probably already did. I like that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it's experiential been experiential relationships. I like yeah, that. Totally good. Yeah. Um, so it's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you and having this conversation. I do hope that we get to connect when I come up into to New York. So I'll make sure that I text you when we're finished here so that that uh, we're connected and um you know see your see your operations that would be so great to see and um i just want to ask yeah. you what would you like to leave for everybody some thoughts or you know simple thoughts quotes you know something that you'd like to leave with everyone yeah what i would leave is is something that is a part of my is one of my north stars um you know where where real estate is is not so much even about the deal anymore, where it's about the people. Uh, whether or not you're getting into an investor relationship with somebody, or whether you are looking to uh, partner or get involved with real estate in general, we mentioned earlier on that it's a it's a people driven business. So yeah. you really have to spend time in connecting with the people. Uh, I think the saying is, if I had to grab one here, was is that uh, you it's better to take uh, a good deal with great people than a great deal with bad people. And Ooh. there's a lot of truth behind that. So that's what yeah. I would leave the audience with. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you're so right. You are so right. And it's funny because I use this um, saying of don't work with people that complicate, only work with people that compliment. And that's exactly what you're saying too is no, no, yeah. we don't work with people like that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Dorian, for being with us. Congratulations on your company and the success that you have. And, you know, thinking blowing up the box. I was going to say thinking beyond, but you just have to say blow up that box. Uh, it's really great to see, you know, that someone, this A company is doing that here in the, in the U S not to say that there aren't others, but I found you. So that's what I love about being able to have this conversation with you. So thank you so much and best wishes for success in the years to come. Thank you, Jen. Thank you again for having me. Uh, I'm honored to be part of your uh, ecosystem and world. And I do look forward to connecting with you when you're here. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, listen, you're listening in. Uh, so I want to remind you that we are having Make Your Mark Mastermind June 20th through the 23rd in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So make sure you check out the link below to get details about coming to our Make Your Mark Mastermind, where we are going to be uh, masterminding to help you grow your business and scale it quickly, answer all of your questions and be surrounded with live, um, surrounded with like-minded individuals who want to do the same. So thank you again for taking time to listen into this podcast today. And we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests 
weekly training, tips, and insider secrets. Fireside Chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.